This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. Let me talk to you this morning for just a little bit. There's a word in verse number 9 of 1 John chapter number 1. This is a verse I would say that probably 9 out of 10 people in this room have memorized this verse. 1 John 1 and 9, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a verse that I would tell you will be the most comfort to you, especially if you're new in your walk with Christ. If we confess our sins, if we repent, even as a child of God, and tell the Lord we were wrong, we messed up, we're sorry, The Bible says he is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if I preached on that verse, I could preach any amount of time on the word forgive. I could preach any amount of time on the word cleanse. But I noticed a word in that verse that I have never paid attention to as being in that verse. It is the word faithful. The Bible talks about that word faithful. In the New Testament, 51 different times. The first time that word faithful is used is back in the book of Matthew. And it speaks about the Lord telling the people if they are a faithful servant, they will be rewarded according to their deeds. The very first time that the word faithful is used in the Bible is all the way back in the book of Numbers where it says, Moses, my servant, is a faithful servant. Now, I, 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 I have preached many times on a church member being faithful. And you ought to be faithful if you're a church member. I've pre- Don't act like that hymns you up on a Sunday morning now. I've preached a lot of times on a church member being a faithful church member. I, I've preached a lot of times on being a faithful giver. And you ought to support the church with your tithes. I get all that. But I have never processed. That verse not one time says, if we are faithful... He will forgive us. The Bible says if we confess, He is faithful. I got to thinking about this little phrase, Jesus is faithful. And I want to preach to you this morning. And now, don't get nervous with what I'm about to tell you. I have eight points to this message. Now, I promise you, I ain't even going to get close to preaching even three of them. So we will not be here to the crack of three. I promise you that right now. I'm I'm not that kind of preacher, but there is something that I want to show you because when I looked up that word faithful, and every time it's attached to the Lord, it will say something to the effect of God is faithful. What does it mean when we say that that God is faithful? I want you to circle that word faithful. And I want you to draw a line off to the side because there are three definitions, three aspects of the definition of that word faithful. That word faithful, number one, it means to be worthy because of a past action. To be worthy because of a past action. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, believe it was, I believe it was Dr. Phil. I don't know who it was, but they made this statement. The best indicator of present action is always past action. If you want to find out what somebody is right now, figure out what they were yesterday. 
If you want to know how somebody's going to act today, figure out what they were yesterday. If you want to figure out what somebody's going to do today, figure out what they did yesterday. Now, here is what the Bible says. We find that Jesus is today. We know what he'll be today. We know how he'll operate today because of what he did yesterday. Hebrews 13 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Therefore, if God was good yesterday, he'll be good today. And if God was true yesterday, he'll be true today. And if God was with us yesterday, he'll be with us today. And if God was on time yesterday, he'll be on time today. And if God came through yesterday, he'll come through today. And if God helped me out yesterday, he'll help me out today. And if God showed up yesterday, he'll show up today. And if God cared about me yesterday, he'll care about me today. And if God was God yesterday, he'll be God today. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Ladies and gentlemen, I remind you right now, what he was yesterday, he still is today. You can trust and depend on God because he's always come through in the past. So the first aspect of God being faithful is he is worthy because of past action. Number two, whenever you say somebody is faithful, you're saying, second of all, that they are dependable. They are trustworthy. You can count on them doing what they said they would do. Brothers and sisters, can I help you with something? The measure of a man or a woman is not in what they can do. It is in what they will always do. Can I ask, y'all act like I'm making this up as I go. How many of you this morning, you are self-employed or you are the boss? Okay, there's like three of you that raised your hand. If you are self-employed, that means you pay your own taxes or you are the boss. Slip it up. Let me see. That's what I thought. Okay. Can I ask you a question? In an employee, would you rather have somebody that had talent or somebody that showed up every day? Honey, you give me a choice. I'll take the somebody that shows up every day, every time. You know why? Because you can be the best, but if you can't depend on that, it is good for nothing. How many of you know they ain't nothing worse than finding what you're looking for only to realize they don't come? I ain't going to tell you who it was, but my mother-in-law, and I don't, listen, I'm funny about my hair. Don't touch my hair. Don't even act like you're going to look at my hair. I'm funny about my hair. I don't care what color my hair turns as long as it don't turn loose. I'm funny about my hair, but I ain't nearly as funny about my hair as some women of all about theirs. My mother-in-law searched and searched and searched and searched for a hairdresser. And she finally found this girl the Google reviews were out the were out the the roof. She was waited four months. Do you know what a sixty-year-old woman's head looks like when she ain't been to the hairdresser in four months? 
it looks like Barbie here and Dolores there. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. She waited four months. The day came. She took off of work. She got there 20 minutes early. 9.45 was her appointment time. 9.30 came, nobody in the parking lot. 9.40 came, nobody in the parking lot. 9.50 came, nobody in the parking lot. 9.55 came, nobody in the parking lot. 11 o'clock came, she called Erica. She said, Erica, she's late. Erica said, Mama, she ain't coming. So she called her. She dialed the number. She said, where are you at? She said, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. My mom-in-law, being the, 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 the kind human that she is, she, she, she said, well, let's just make another appointment. The lady said, my next opening is in, is in eight weeks or something like that. She said, no problem. You're the best Google-reviewed lady that I can find right now. I'll take it. Eight weeks come, she takes off of work again. This time, she texts her the night before. Just and Don't you love it when somebody texts you and you know they mean one thing, but to actually say another thing? What she should have said was, you better make sure that your blessed assurance is in this parking lot in the morning. What she said was, just wanted to confirm that we had an appointment in the morning. Next morning, Austin, the lady texts her. My daughter's been up all night with a stomach bug. We're going to have to cancel. Listen. I'm not the hair. I don't know. I don't even pretend to know how to schedule a hairdresser. But here's the whole point of that thought. You can be the best preacher, best hairdresser, best taxidermist, best plumber, best electrician. But if you can't be depended on, you are good for nothing. And may I remind you right now, we've got a good God in heaven, but you can always depend on him to be a good God. We've got a faithful God in heaven, and you can always depend on him to be a faithful God. We've got a true God in heaven, and you can always depend. No matter when you go, how you go, who you go with, he'll always be what he said he'd be because that's just what he is. He's faithful and always depended upon. The third aspect of that definition, faithful, number one, worthy because of past action. Number two, dependable. You can trust that they're going to do what they said they're going to do. Number three, and I'd never heard this one until I looked it up. The word faithful means to be easily persuaded. To be easily persuaded. Sometimes we've got this idea that we've got to twist God's arm. In order for him to do what he said he'd do. Ladies. How many of you. Have ever. Ever. I ain't going to ask the men this. Because they ain't got enough backbone to say they do it. Ladies. How many of you have ever asked your husband. To do something. And he said okay. But you could tell. He didn't mean okay. And you said it time after time after time after time. And you know he finally did it six months later. Not because he wanted to, but because he got tired of hearing you ask him to do it. Chandler, you're going to learn this. You're getting married soon. 
Ladies, how many of you would have an ever-loving, widow-making heart attack if you looked at your husband and said, Honey, let's paint the bed. And before you could even get the M out on bedroom, he had gone to Sherwin-Williams, got three paint samples, brought it back to you, got the color you wanted, went and got the five-gallon bucket of paint, brought it back to the house, got the rollers, got the brush, got the tart, got the everything. And before you could even get the word room out, he was already painting. You would have an ever-loving called Dr. Barry heart attack. Say amen right there. But there's something about when somebody is easily persuaded. They're waiting on go. Ready to get it going. Brothers and sisters, right now, whenever we talk about the goodness of God, we act like we've got to convince God to be good to us. But our God is in heaven right now. He's awaiting. He's in on the edge of his seat. He wants to be good to you. You ain't got to convince God to do it. He's easily persuaded. You know why when my wife asked me to paint, why I'm not easily persuaded? Because I know she's a fixing to change her mind a hundred times on what color. Do you know when I know my wife is ready to paint? She starts taking pictures off the wall. She starts moving furniture away from the baseboards. Can I tell you what God's probably waiting on in your life? You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He's waiting for you to get that junk off the wall in your He's waiting on you to pull that bed away from the wall in your life. He wants to do it. He wants to move. He wants to work. He wants to save you. He wants to change your life. You've got something hanging on the wall that's in the way, and I don't know what that is, but until you deal with that thing, God's not going to move. But it's not because you're trying to convince God. God's trying to convince you to get the place ready for the work to be done. I've got eight points. I promise you, I ain't going to preach all eight. But the Bible tells eight different places that Jesus is faithful to do something. And whenever we talk about these eight different things, you've got to know that Jesus is faithful. You ain't got to convince him. He wants to do it. And he will do it because he always has done it. Number one, in our passage, 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, Jesus is faithful to cleanse and forgive our sins. What does he say in verse number 9? He says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those two words, forgive and cleanse, they are two sides to the same sword. They are two sides to the same action, but they are two different actions. When it says he will forgive, do you know what it means when God says he will forgive our sins? That means he will wash them and cover them. When he goes to look back, he will not see them because there's something that stands between your wrong and where you are. What you did and how you operate. There are people in this room right now, people watching us on live stream right now and you've messed up so bad and your past is as, is as black 
as the, as the night as falls. You've got a messed up mind because of what you did. You've got a messed up heart because of what you did. And you say, God can't save me. God won't forgive me. God will never forget what I've done. God will never move past what I've done. Here's what the Bible says. You don't have to convince God. He's easily persuaded when his son died on Calvary's tree. He washed his blood. He washed that, fl- that blood flow down. In order to save your soul, there's a blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flow, lose all their guilty stains. God wants to put the blood between where you are and the mess-ups of your past. Help me now. Talk to me. How many of you have got something that you're ashamed of in your life that you did? We all do. Every one of us. We've all messed up so rotten, wretchedly, that we wish we could just move beyond it. The Bible says that God is faithful. You can trust He'll do it. How do I know that God will do it? Did he not wash past Moses' mess up down in Egypt when he murdered that slave? Did he not move beyond David's fall with Bathsheba? Did he not move beyond Elijah wanting to give up? Did he not forgive Jonah for turning and going the other way? Did he not forgive Peter for having that mess up there at the fire? Did he not cleanse Paul of being a murderer? I promise you right now, the God that did do it, he will do it today. And there's not a sin in this house. There's not a mess up in this house that our God will not forgive. You can have the peace of God. You can have the hope of God. You can have the joy of God. Oh, because our God is faithful and he will forgive your sins. But it doesn't just say he'll forgive your sins, does it? It says he will forgive and do what? Cleanse. The forgiveness is where God moves on. But when it says he'll cleanse That means he'll wash it away like it was never there. I cannot fathom. You have anybody in your life and you know they have forgiven you, but you know what you did is in the back of their head. Sure. That's kindly how we feel about God. That God, he's moved on, but he still holds it against us. The Bible's clear. He is faithful to move on and to shut it off wash it away like it never happened how many of you you are absolutely certain right now that you have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ you put your faith in him raise your hand up and leave it up all right keep it up hold it up if the blood starts leaving wiggle your fingers If you've got your hand raised right now, if you also have got something in your past you're ashamed of, that if you could go back and change it, you would change it every time. Raise your other hand. Sure, we all are. If you got both of your hands raised right now, you know what you have. You have the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And in your past right now, God doesn't remember anything you were, doesn't remember anything you have, doesn't remember anywhere you've been, doesn't remember anything you have accomplished, anything you have messed up on. Because when he looks at you, he is faithful. He doesn't see you. He sees the Lord Jesus Christ. Because at Calvary, he took everything you were and put it on Jesus and treated Jesus as if Jesus had done everything that you have done. And then he took everything 
everything that Jesus was, all of the holiness, all of the righteousness, all of my God, I feel him in my soul right now. Everything that he ever was, everything that he ever is, he took it off of Jesus and he put it on your life when he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be called the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I stand before you right now, not just as somebody that's been forgiven of sin, but somebody whose past is as white as the snow. It doesn't exist. I'm as clean and cleansed. How do I know? He's faithful to forgive and to cleanse us. He's faithful. Now watch me. Got anybody in your life that you messed up and you feel like you pay penance to them every time you see them, just trying to get them not to bring it up? They're not easily persuaded to forgive you. But when Jesus forgives you and cleanses you, He is so easily persuaded to ask and to forgive and to cleanse. I can't get off this point. I got my, my Mason, my Ella. They are so different. And I can't tell. Listen, people always they say, why don't you give other illustrations other than the kids? Well, I don't know anybody else but them and y'all. And if I talk about y'all up here, y'all get mad and pout. So I just got to talk about them. I mean, what am I going to say? Hey, let me tell you about a church. I can't. I ain't going to do that. So I just talk about my kids. My son, he, I wish neither one of my kids took after me. But if there's ever been a child that was the mirror image of his father, that little boy is the mirror image of me. When he doesn't like something, pout is not the word I would use to describe what he does. You ever met somebody that gets over something pretty quick? That ain't him. My son holds a grudge. My son will hold a grudge and will hold a grudge as long as the sun is shining somewhere on the earth. My son will do something. Of course, I have to get on to him, and I have to many times I have to spank him, and he kind of gets that look on him. You know, he's 12 now. He's almost as tall as me. And I always said, I'm going to whip him as long as I can. I'm trying to, but it hurts. Not here. Here. It physically hurts. Son, the boy's thighs are like tree trunks. He'll get mad at me and he'll stay bowed up at me for two or three days. And finally, finally, my Mason will come to me and he'll say, Daddy, I'm sorry. As soon as he says, I'm sorry, I look at him and say, it's done, son. It's over. It's through. Now let's go get something to eat. And let's go. And my, he'll look at me. He'll look at me like I just, Daddy, I've been mad for so long. Why aren't you mad anymore? You know why? My love for that boy. I wanted him to know what he had done wrong. I was ready to restore fellowship just as soon as he knew what was going on. Ladies and gentlemen, your father in heaven is not mad at you. He's not upset at you. He's waiting on you to get it right. He's ready to be right with you. He's ready for the fellowship to be restored. Our God is faithful. He's easily persuaded. You can go to him right now and say, Lord, forgive me, for I am a sinner. I messed up. I did wrong. And our God right now will restore you back to fellowship because he's faithful in a moment. He's faithful to cleanse and to forgive.
Number two, I got to go. Number two, I'll be preaching on this for 15 years. Number two, he's not just faithful to cleanse and forgive. But if you flip backwards and you don't have to do it, I'll get Kim to put it up on the screen. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 7, 8, and 9. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, 8, and 9. I want to read to you what it says, verse 7. So that ye come behind in no gift. Waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what those verses tell me? John tells us that he's faithful to forgive and cleanse. Paul tells us that he's faithful to confirm and fix. The word confirm, it literally means to establish upon solid ground. To give you a firm foundation and firm up what has been wobbly. Can I just take, this ain't going to be official, but it is going to be pretty true. Can I take a survey right quick? How many of you in your Christian journey have ever felt wobbly, spiritually speaking? Yeah, I have. We all have. Man, you believe one thing one day, by the time you get to the next day, you don't even know what you believe anymore. Man, you, you, you feel good about something today, and you get to the next day, and you don't even know what you believe anymore. You've got peace today, and you get to the next day. You don't even know if you're waking up in the morning. You're wobbly. But Paul said that God is dependable, faithful to settle up what's wobbly in your life. Let me see if I can describe this. Some of y'all looking like a, a calf staring at a new gate. Let me, let me just kind of shore this up. My father built houses, and I hated the summer. My entire childhood, I hated school. And all kids look forward to the summer because they ain't got school. I didn't. Because I had to go from school to work. 13 years old, I'm out on a job site. I hated it. I'd watch my dad build those houses from the ground up. And you know what my daddy would do? He would get a, a, a man, a foundation man to come in who'd bring in a little excavator and where he wanted to put a house, this is how he'd build a house. Now, I'm going to save somebody money on a general contractor because I'm just going to tell you the process. You can just do it yourself. They would take the excavator, and the first thing they would do before they put walls up, before they put windows in, before they put shingles on, before they painted anything, in order to have a house that stands, you've got to have a foundation it stands on. And they would dig out the loose dirt. And they would pour what are called footings. For the Yankees, footings. For us rednecks, it's footings. They would pour these concrete footings. And those footings were the foundation upon which the rest of it would stand. They would then come and they would put in the columns or the piers or they would put in the foundation of that house. That foundation of that house, it would mesh with 
that concrete footing. But before the house could be built, there had to be something between the brick or, con- or the concrete or the cinder block foundation and where the subfloor, the floor system, would meet it. Because that floor system was not made out of treated lumber. And if that floor system hit that brick or concrete, it would eventually rot. So there had to be something that was made of different material than the concrete or the floor that would serve as a mediator between the two of them. You know what that's called? That's called a plate. And that plate always has to be made out of treated lumber. You men right now are about to have a revival. These women are about to go to sleep with this stowaway right here. Do you know what that plate would have done to it? In order for it to be secured, to be the go-between, they would drill holes in that sub, in that plate. And they would take that plate, and where the holes were, there had been bolts put in the foundation. And you would take that plate, and you would put it over where that hole was, and you would bolt it. And now there was something connecting the floor that could rot to the concrete foundation that won't rot. Do you know what we are? We are that wood floor system. If we're exposed to the elements, we will rot. We'll get messed up. But our Father is that foundation. He is that which we're founded on. And do you know who is our go-between? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lamb of God, the Lord of glory, the hope of heaven, the light of eternity. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the blood that flows. It's the peace that's given. It's the water that we drink. He's the bread that we eat. He's the waves that we walk. He is Jesus Christ, and he's that which we are sealed to. Now watch. Do you know how you build a house? Are you ready? One piece at a time. They, and I don't care if they bring it in from a factory. One piece at a time. My daddy would put that outer band. I could build a house in my sleep right now. They put that outer band on. You know the problem with that outer band? Putting it on one piece at a time. When you first put it on, it's wobbly. But all of a sudden, my daddy would secure that to that plate. And then he'd go add another piece. And the piece that he just had, when another piece was added, would solid and firm up. Because this piece now was added. And do you know what made it more secure? It had more contact with that plate. And the more contact you have with that plate, the more solid that structure gets. Let me apply this to your life. There are times in your journey as a child of God, and you wobble. You flop. You're not certain about things. You're not certain about this, and you're not certain about that. But listen to me. God is faithful. He's working in your life. And what you used to struggle with back there, here you are today. You don't struggle with that anymore. You know why? You've got more contact with that Holy Spirit. 
got more contact with the Lord Jesus, and now you've got new things. And it doesn't matter if you put floor joists down, they're going to wobble until you secure it up. And when you put the walls up on the two-by-fours, they're going to wobble until you solid it up. Then when you put the trusses in, they're going to wobble until they get secure. And then when you put the, you put the sheet on, it's going to wobble until it gets nailed down. What I'm trying to tell somebody right now, the devil's got you convinced that you're not going anywhere. The devil's got you convinced that God is done with you. The devil's got you convinced that nothing is happening but what the Holy Spirit of God is doing in your life through every piercing and every denial and everything in your life. He's shoring up your life and he's confirming you that you are in Jesus Christ. Let me give you number three. I got to go and I'm done. I promise you. I'm shutting down after this one. I ain't going to preach this one long. Number three, if you go to chapter 10 of this book, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, here's the third thing that it tells us. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will, with the temptation, give you a way of escape. Because he will not allow you to be tempted above. Child of God, I'm going to explain this the best I know how to, but this is where my words are going to fail. I'm just going to have to have the Holy Spirit apply this to your life. It is God's will for you and I to walk through this life holy, blameless, and without sin. God doesn't want any of us sinning and messing up. Now that don't mean it's going to always happen. You're going to mess up. You're going to fall. You're going to flop. But here is what it says, Daniel, that you'll never face anything where God isn't faithful to give you a way of escape. Okay, here is where I'm going to have a hard time explaining it. If this is the temptation right here, whatever that temptation might be, it could be to steal something. It could be to lie to somebody. It could be to whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Here it is. Over here is either the victory where you deny it and you move on or the fall where you give in. So here is the temptation. Here is either the victory or the fall. You ready? God is faithful somewhere right in here. And I don't know how to explain this other than just to say what's in my head. In that little gap of space where the temptation comes, it's like there's a battle that rages within you. You remember those old crazy cartoons where you got the good one on this shoulder and the good one on that? Now, I'm not saying that's how, I'm just telling you, it's the only way I know how to explain it. During that intermediate space, Brother Tim, it's as if the Spirit of God in His faithfulness shows up and says, don't give in. You know what you're thinking, that's not true. Somebody ever call you and they want you to do something and you just can't outright just say, I don't like you. 
And so what do you start doing? You start formulating in your head a little white lie. That's the temptation. Are you going to speak the truth? Are you going to lie? And right here, there's something that hits you, child of God. Now, if you're not saved, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to the children of God right now. There's that little voice inside that says, you know that's not true. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's this verse. God is faithful. You say, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. Listen to me. I don't either. But I'd rather hurt their feelings than hurt the Holy Ghost's feelings. I'd rather somebody be mad at me rather than God be mad at me. Now watch this. The verse says God is faithful. He's not going to give you more than you can handle in that temptation. But he'll give you a way of escape. How about in that moment right here? If you say, Lord, tell me what to say. You'll be amazed at what the Holy Spirit will do. Why? Because God is faithful. I shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to. My daughter, God bless her. That girl can come up with some stories. I'll tell you one story that she told less than two months ago. I'm going to tell you. And if I'm exaggerating this story, I'm telling you what happened. I picked my little girl up from school one afternoon and she got in the car. Rhonda, I said, how was school today? She said, it was terrible. She said, the ambulance came. She said, one of the teachers Got put in an ambulance. I said, what happened? Daddy, I don't know. It looked like she fell walking down the way. Really? Daddy, she hit her head right on the brick column. Split her head wide open. Daddy, there was blood everywhere. I said, good heavens in the morning. They didn't even, they didn't even send out an email about that. Daddy, they put her in the ambulance. They, they don't know if she's going to live or die. I said, are you kidding me? She said, no, Daddy, all the teachers got in a circle, and they all prayed together. Daddy, it was scary. They weren't the same all day. So I get on my phone, I called Erica. I said, Erica, call one of the teachers and ask them about old so-and-so and see how they're doing. Do we need to, do we need to go up to the hospital and pray with them? Do, what do we, figure out what's going on. My wife. Wasn't on the phone, gone for five minutes. And I said, she called, I said, what'd they say? She said, Tyler. One of the teachers had a, a, a child or something that had a stomach bug. And so she went and got them out of the kindergarten or whatever class they were in and took her home. And I turned around. To Ella in the back seat. And I said, Ella, I thought you said such and such. She said, Well, she did leave early. 
That's what she said. She left early, and I heard sirens. I said, Ellie, your school is beside Guilford County EMS. Of course you heard sirens. And I looked at her, I said, why didn't you just tell the truth? And she looked at me, and it's what she said. You know, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) We treat God like He doesn't know the truth. We treat the Spirit of God like He's this farcical wind. Brothers and sisters... God is faithful to deliver you from temptation. Let's stop the nonsense in our walk with Christ. Let's stop being what we think we got to be or should. Let's wake up every day and say, Lord, you said you were faithful. And you won't put me in anything today that you don't give me the strength to handle it by way of temptations. Give me the strength to be delivered from this temptation.